This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible, and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where it's always Garrett Morris's birthday. <laughs> I'm your host Solid Waste Kisser Bob Mackey and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's <laughs> chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and can I throw up in your bathroom? I'll buy something. <laughs> sure, and who else? Uh, Chris Antista, otherwise known as the better half of the waffle. Excellent, <laughs> and uh, today's episode is Marge on the Lamb. <laughs> Sorry, line of the show, getting it out there already. That was a great, that was <laughs> yeah. one of our favorite clips of heard here. And uh, today's episode aired on November 4th, 1993, and Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real life history. <gasps> You know what? Polish up those bell buckles, goth kids, because Nightmare Before Christmas is now in theaters. Yes. I was there. Warner Brothers announces a new network to compete with the Big Four, and legendary Italian filmmaker Federico Fellini, actor River Phoenix, and Joan Rivers' syndicated talk show are all dead this week. Oh, Federico Fellini is... I know I'm going to sound just like a snob, but he is, his films were amazing. They really were. I heard he's pretty good. Have you not uh, at least watch Eight and a Half or yeah. Dolce Vita? Both of those are his, like about masterpieces. Huh? Come on. <laughs> the, but, the coffee shop I go to almost every morning is named after him, Cafe oh, Fellini. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Now, I, I love Fellini films. And yeah, I saw it in theaters Nightmare Before Christmas. I was there day Still one. Don't like it. I was there I lo- day one in Not a Goth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. I loved it as a musical. Not and when it becomes less of a musical in the second half, I was like, "What happened to music?" I just loved it as a fan of animation and Tim Burton, especially at the I time. I mean, Oogie Boogie, especially unmasked, is oh, like it's, really it's cool. a triumph of stop motion animation. And that puppet is the size of a toddler, yes. like a fat toddler. And it looks, none it looks, of that it looks better in Kingdom Hearts. And none uh-huh. of that uh, credit goes to Tim Burton. None yeah. of it. He it's Tim Henry Selick's yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's so wrong that he gets the credit for it's that. Like, Everybody thinks he directed. They just it. tore a few pages out of a. Disney sketchbook, and then they made a movie out of it. Uh, It's smart of that guy to just divorce from him, like, no, I'm just going to make Coraline and be famous on my own. Yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. Was he the guy behind Kubo? Yeah, Kubo was Kubo, Paranorman, and Coraline. Three fucking fantastic movies if you're an animation fan. And this episode is the exciting return of Ruth Powers. Yes, <laughs> and I wanted and, to point out one thing. Oh, go ahead, Stupid Chris. irony, I let my girlfriend pick the film that we watched uh, one time this weekend, and it just happened to be Thelma and Louise. I'd never seen it oh, before. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's uh, fucking awesome. So Ridley Scott makes one good movie per decade. Is it Ridley or Tony? Uh, it's Ridley Scott. Okay. And yep. you're, I think you said this before, Chris. Uh, he makes the movies that nobody watches. He, he makes the movies that come out between good ones. Okay, there you go. They're that, neither that bad nor great. Like, uh, I've, I haven't seen a good year. <laughs> yeah, I have a Cinderella. No, that's in the Cinderella Man. That's Prometheus Howard, yeah. and in the Martian, which are just so like this would have been so much better. Matchstick Man, Matchstick Man, Black yeah. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, Black. So I wanted to make a little note about the writer of this episode. He was only on The Simpsons for one season, Bill Canterbury. Uh, he would go on to, he wrote this episode, he would go on to be on Duckman for the rest of its run after season five of The Simpsons. So, yes! Uh, he was a major uh, key player in Duckman, who I think poached a few of The Simpsons writers. Because mm. it was a Klasky Chupo production. And, yeah. Uh, I, it is my hope that when we get to more of The Simpsons spin-offs, tish-type things like Duckman and The Critic... 
that we'll do an episode of those each time it premieres. When right. We get to that. I, I would love to do that, especially I, with Duck. I have to find a way to work Duckman into most of the things I do. <laughs> I'm the one person who remembers it, and uh, that's my that's I'm, my goal. You're in life. Not alone, Bob. But yeah, I'd never heard of Canterbury before. Mm. He's never on the commentary, so it's it makes him hard to remember. He probably just let, moved out of L.A. and yeah, I mean, TV anymore. He did write the uh, the vampire segment in the, the last Treehouse of Horror episode, ah, yes, so that was him. Yes. And uh, yeah, Thelma and Louise. Uh, so Cape Fear was not a timely parody and neither is this that mm-hmm. movie uh premiered two year two plus years before this episode aired it was may 24th 1991 mm-hmm. but at this time in our in our world vhs tapes of movies would take forever to actually yeah. hit stores yeah. so maybe it was a, a fresh vhs release and, and that's why and, they were uh, able to make an episode the rental units cost like 200 dollars. there'd be three per store you'd have to wait to watch the movie holy shit the, the only thing that's wrong with Thelma and Louise now that makes it mm-hmm. feel dated is just like, well, they should just fuck. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. it's just, they they go all the way with it and it's just like, they should just have sex. Just, all, all the sequences this is parodying for the most part are some of the most beautifully shot practical effects sequences I have oh, ever yeah. seen. Oh, yeah, it's a very well shot movie. Like a giant car chase in the desert. Uh, it, it looks so good. There's a helicopter <laughs> flying in a canyon to hide themselves from two women. Mm. Why is this looks gorgeous? Mm. Like this looks insane. And mm. uh, but this starts with a joke my mom didn't uh, particularly like. Uh, I hate. To, I, I, I gotta, know Chris can explain it. I can. Well, sir, it has been an uneventful week in Badger Falls, <laughs> where the women are robust, the men are pink-cheeked, and the children are pink-cheeked and robust. <laughs> uh, the hell so funny <laughs> i love I, how they captured the sound of him breathing because i did not yes! i did not discover garrison keeler until i was in college started listening to the to the am radio npr yeah and he would that he would have that poetry corner and yeah. it was always made me want to drive off the road into a tree because it was just like <gasps> it's have it's, you heard the one of him describing a car very sexually no <laughs> look oh. it up guys garrison and keeler car poem it's great it's harry Shearer, fellow npr alum yes making fun of uh, right making fun of garrison keeler the host of prairie home companion I find myself in this position a lot. Uh, my smart, progressive, art-loving friends really hate Prairie Home Companion, and I sort <laughs> of understand why. Uh, here's a clip of what, what exactly that clip is parodying. It doesn't matter if you've been a bad dad, she thought. It just doesn't matter. Winter simplifies everything. It comes down to either in here or out there. Someday he'll be out there. Right now he's in here. Take care of him. That's the news from Lake Wolverton. All the women are strong. All the men are good looking. And the children. All the children are above that. You know what? Uh, I'm Midwestern as fuck. mm -hmm. I spent 28 years in Ohio. I feel like I should be more connected to this, but it just doesn't, you know, hit me. The only defense I have for it, and I do... Un- unabashedly love Prey Home Companion and Garrison mm-hmm. Keeler. I was raised on Lake Wobegon Tapes. That is the fake town he writes whimsical tales from with mm-hmm. made-up characters, ends it with that sequence. Comedic short stories. But, but like, very, like, you could call them bland. But, like, like bland slices of life. But I, what Prayer Home Companion is, is the same way, I don't know, the way, like, maybe you or I would, like, get into Grindhouse films. We weren't around for that era. So mm-hmm. Prayer Home Companion is my father's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So he loves this show. Because he grew up with one foot in the variety show, homespun, folksy, <laughs> let's do monologues, comedy sketches, and musical performances on the radio. It does feel immediately post-war, I think. Yeah. yeah. He grew up with that, and, and I, it's his nostalgia. So I think when our generation and generations younger hear it, they just get infuriated <laughs> because the, 
there's no nostalgia for it. I love that there's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. I wish there were those shows on radio. And mm-hmm. I guess that's maybe a thing that I don't like about Garrison Keyes. It's like, you're my only choice for this type of thing. <laughs> I wish, I, I'd like to see how someone else would handle it, though. Now he's just been on his retirement death march. Uh, I was happy. I was on the, I was there live in Chicago to watch the third to last Prairie Home Companion ever. Oh, wow. Uh, that's that's the kind well, of fan I am. We stayed up till 4 a.m. to get tickets for me and my lady friend. Who David, both, I've seen the show live twice. David Merkin, showrunner, does not like Garrison Keillor. And he pointed out that Garrison Keillor moved to Paris after this episode aired. So he thinks this is what did it. <laughs> and if, unfortunately, he moved, he moved back. So he said they need to start making fun of him some more. So yeah. they can he can and, move away once again. Meanwhile, Matt Groening was like, oh, but I like Garrison Yeah, he was like, he, hey. I, I bet just hung out with Garrison Keillor in liberal he, functions. He was on yeah. his retirement tour. Like I was just like, I didn't know you could care that that much about this because like it's very easily avoidable to avoid a, a folksy two-hour radio show but my liberal friends fucking hate it because they listen to npr and i guess you're trapped for there's no there's not a lot of other two-hour programs it's just really it's the, the sound of his inner inner mouth flaps that i hear that harry sheer nailed the wind the Yes. Yeah. This is the ASMR podcast now i also didn't like in the prairie home companion film by robert altman that that Meryl Streep, a woman played by Meryl Streep, would have ever had sex with him. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I, and then also no. that Lindsay Lohan plays his daughter too. It's mm. like, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, but seeing a live nah, the no. final Altman film also. Final Altman film. It's weird. Woody Harrelson's pretty funny. It's a good film. They had in the Kevin Klein plays uh, Guy Threepwood. No, guy, the, uh, uh, guy, guy, guy Threepwood. Fedora, no, guy. guy. What guy three point is that's that's guy versus three point from Monkey Island. Yeah, I know yeah. guy noir private. Guy noir, noir yes. there you go. But as a real detective researching it, it's a fun movie. Last Garrison Keillor clip because it comes into a character we all can agree is amazing. Spinningquist studied the menu, and finally he ordered the same thing he has every day. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's the TV. <laughs> Be more funny. <laughs> That's great. It's almost my line of the show, but the the cutaway to the self satisfied white laughter yes. in yeah. the audience is so astute. I, I think it's your clip is more smart. accurate, Chris. Though it's it's more like polite applause, like mm-hmm. yes, that was good. Yes. No, I've, I again been to a live show. People guffaw and oh, double really? over, okay. and and again, I've never been to a a live event with so many people that old. Like the moment it's over, there's a mad dash of walkers and canes to get to the parking lot first. Oh, like they'll even this is like the third to last show, and you're leaving ten minutes ahead of time so you can get out earlier. (laughs) There's metamucil littered all over the floor. Uh, But I like it. And here's sorry, this is the one where uh, finally this Garrison character. Well, sir, I think it is time to turn this pledge drive over to Troy McClure. Hmm. I can't keep up this pace forever. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such telethons as Out With Gout 88 and Let's Save Tony Orlando's House. Folks, do you realize without your support, public television can't afford to bring you such award-winning shows as Edward the Penitent? I love this. I'm really, really, really sorry. I'm afraid sorry doesn't cut it with this pope. <laughs> what the hell? I love oh, that. we got a call. <laughs> Some idiot actually called in. Hello, what's your name? Marge Simpson. Ah! I'd like to pledge $30. Oh, thank you. Marge, it's public TV. They never have anything good. Where are the Geraldos? Where are the Eubanks's? They need our support. 
Besides, they gave me two tickets to the ballet. The ballet? Woohoo! <laughs> I, I really love Edward the Penitent. It's the most yes. perfect, boring PBS show, a period drama about a historical figure you know nothing about and don't care about. Yes. <laughs> it's and, and, and cheap filler from the BBC. I don't know if it's a joke. Then, like, where are the Geraldos? I don't know who the fuck the Eubanks are. Kevin Eubanks. Kevin Right? Uh, Jay Leno. Yeah. yeah it's it. like, is he intentionally making fun of, like, lame shit that's not on public television? Because oh, yeah, all that the, shit is now more lame than what's on public no, television. Homer, Homer is saying it's lame. Like, he yeah. likes the lames thing. He wants the safe lameness of Antique broadcast Road TV. Show is fun. Hey, Public Television is Sherlock, one of the best fucking shows the last 10 years. But this was 1993 PBS. Yes, well, but also, I, I as a kid, totally got this, like, my dad would never give do anything ever in charity. Yeah. And Every we, single coffee mug in our house is the local public wow. radio station that is so in, the opposite my of my house. family like we yeah. would never never my mom would want to but i feel like my dad would just there's her, there's a mug about. they have in, in in our house that is mr rogers and big bird shaking hands a picture that i have never been able to find on the internet so it's like I rumsfeld and saddam hussein yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis historic <and> moment <laughs> yeah so that uh, mm. i want to bring up let's save tony orlando's house let's which save tony orlando's house. a very funny joke and also a song that is a very good song so mm. The uh, the Kipster band Yola Tango, oh, who yeah. was great, they did a song called Let's Save Tony Orlando's House. Let's give that a listen. Like a deliberate Yola Tango Simpsons reference? Yeah, they named it after, and they do sing about "Let's Save Wonderful. Tony Orlando." And it's like, "Watch it burn collectively." <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It's it's a great song. I also heard them do it acoustic before. Like, mm. wow. uh, you're not too cool for Yola Tango guys. They're really Yola Tango is amazing. Oh. Yeah. I agree. They're, they're mm. great. And if that is your first song, that's a great first song to start with them. So mm-hmm. it was just so cool as a as a hipster discovering them myself, mm-hmm. like to find songs named after things like a obscure Simpsons line. I was like, oh, I this feel is about the, Fallout Boy. This is a band for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It's like, Fall Out Boy's been around so long, it's like, I don't feel like making fun of them anymore. No. They're still doing all right. Anymore. Homer is so dumb and giggly in this one. He's really stupid. Well, they, they explain how that came to be with the army experiments, where it, it gave him, what, loss of equilibrium, giddiness, uh, high hair loss, I think. Yes, yeah, those three things. <laughs> one of the first misappropriated Simpsons shit posting I saw was from my friend Tyler Nagata. Mm-hmm. He's been on our show before. Great, great, great man. But he's just, he had a... Back when we shared image macros via fucking Outlook and email <laughs> at our old job, it's just like it's t- that time again. And it was just ah e three and the bear driving in the circle, <laughs> and it made, it still makes me laugh just thinking about it. Oh, we worked in great. games, people. I I loved uh, the in joke we had that if anybody tweet uh, if anybody shared something in an email that somebody else had heard of they then would re- reply with a picture of Statler and Waldorf that said old <laughs> old like you would be punished for mm-hmm. saying like hey look at this cool thing everybody's like I saw it before you suck like it was so we do uh, we do have the return of Ruth Powers yeah. uh, after Homer is fantasizing about the circus and still singing Ruth comes to the door asks for a belt sander you come yeah. back to Homer using the belt sander he got the belt it's sander out and rest. started using mm-hmm. it within seconds yeah. for no reason yeah we didn't get to see Sarah Gilbert's character in yeah. this but uh, she's mentioned. It's but it's nice that they that character left something behind. I really do yeah. like both 
Sarah Gilbert's character, or Laura and Ruth Powers. Yeah, I like I, I the like, world weariness of Ruth Powers. Yeah. And they wanted to give, they created her to give Marge a friend because she didn't have one. And and this is like her last appearance for a very long time. Season 14, I believe. Uh, it could be called either, it's, it's either Large Marge or something else. Whatever episode yeah. Marge gets buff in that season. <laughs> also the episode I always think uh, Marge and Changes. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. what I thought I was watching. This is better than Margin Chase. It's way better. Episode. Yeah. And and then we also get another thing to date this. Yes. It's great. Hey, Homer, you want to get a beer on the way home? I can't. I got to take my wife to the ballet. <laughs> got to go see the bear in the little car, huh? Mm, invisible cola. <laughs> Time to stick it to the man. Hey, hey, careful there, Homer. I heard somebody lost an arm in there once. <laughs> That's just an old wives' tale. <laughs> 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 Let's that, get out of here. Yeah, that's the same way the kids abandoned Bart in yes. Bart the Daredevil. That really is. Yeah. It's, it's the same joke. I love all, that joke though. All over Invisible Cola, Crystal Pepsi, Crystal Pep. Which you know, I think that was just one of the first big marketing things that I noticed as a kid. Mm. I, they rolled it out as if Jesus had come back yeah. to life. Yeah, it, 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 I think they licensed a current song in the top 20, right. which no commercial had really done yet. It's Van Halen's Right Now. It's the only reason I didn't get a clip, because it's just Right Now yeah. and text about Crystal Pepsi. I mean, I prefer SNL's parody, Crystal, Crystal Gravy. Gravy. Can Kevin they ever Neal show that sketch again? Kevin Nealon biting into just soap. Yeah, is that oh, soap, or is it like some kind of, some kind of syrup or something? It is gross. It's, so, it's yeah. a beautiful thing, but the... Crystal Gravy. Crystal Pepsi, which premiered lightly in 92 but really got big in 93 and then disappeared forever until it came back it, it i don't was, know 10 so years ago it, it was one of many ways that soda companies want to sell diet sodas to men yes. because the idea at least in america is diet soda that's for chicks uh-huh. i won't buy this so what is it dr pepper 10 or something yeah, like that it's like, it, they have the, literal manly commercials to uh, sell men sugar-free like, soda men, i only men. drink gendered sodas all right i'm that secure in my masculinity which is so stupid but that's what crystal pepsi was too it was very long calories you know what i never realized pepsi. that but that's yeah. totally right it's they caffeine free watch you too yeah. because then you wouldn't buy it because it's for girls it's caffeine free and zero calories and it's marketing it as like it's the clear soda everybody's heard of sprite and seven yeah you yeah. make seven and it tasted nothing like pepsi yeah it didn't taste like pepsi though i had a real thing it was a prank my brother pulled on me that really upset me at the time that it was <laughs> yes i hate soda and yeah. i don't like i don't drink it and i mainly drink water mm. i had my glass and he must have like changed it out while i was looked turned away or left the room and i pulled my glass to drink it and it's soda and it just breaks it's crystal pepsi <laughs> and it just breaks my brain I'm like what what did you that do that's a killer I prank you it it made me so mad i should have <laughs> I should have taken it with gentle good humor it's as not, Marge would have. I thought you were going to say you, you only drink milk out of Mountain Dew bottles, like that <laughs> birthday boy sketch. <laughs> I was trying look to it up. look up commercial. I just ended up on that video with 15 million views of the guy drinking a 1992 Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> and then and immediate, oh, projectile sorry. vomiting <laughs> everywhere. So yes. in, we'll never see that success, Chris. But it, <laughs> I'm so sorry. All I have to do is vomit, which I'm willing to do. Henry so, would never do it. So in 2015, they did bring it back, it and you can still kind of buy it in now and then. They, mm. they, they lightly make it. They learned the 
power of nostalgic sodas. It's why you can still get Surge. They 90s sodas are coming back to be sold to 30-year-olds who still drink soda. It I was, bet it's like in a like huge in some weird market like it's big in Dubai ah, or something. Ah, it's like yes. that's all they drink in Dubai. They called it uh, they called it Pepsi Clear in other places. Oh, okay. Maybe, but it's a great uh, name though, Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. You can snort it, you can smoke uh, it. Uh, it was always my fear as a kid to get my arm stuck in something. So Homer yeah, getting his I, arm stuck really scared. Because me. I did at this point in my life, I was stealing from vending machines. Mm. I, I knew the right Oh, I can steal from that one. Great. Anything on the bottom row is mine. We also mentioned mm. Duckman. It had one of my favorite jokes about stealing oh. a soda because Duckman steals a soda successfully, doesn't get his arms caught, and then pulls it out. He's like, hmm, I bet a child could recreate this thing I just did and steal soda themselves. <laughs> Do it! Stick it to the man, kids! And then Cornfed is handed a piece of paper like, but that would be wrong. <laughs> I love that. That show is... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yes, finally, we here's our introduction to Ruth. Yeah. Hello? Marge, this may be hard <laughs> to believe, but I'm trapped inside two vending machines. <sighs> sure, Homer. Trapped in vending machines. Okay. <laughs> Would you two like to go to the ballet? That's girl stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Marge. When my husband left, he took all our power tools, along with the car, my youth, my faith in mankind. Well, see ya. Hey, wait! I really think Ruth Powers and Enda Krabappel have a lot in common. They should yeah, really hang out. They should have. They have a they lot of stories men. to them. <laughs> Terrible men. As in men, right? Yeah. And they both smoke cigarettes. They're Happy both jaded. Women's yeah. I, I like when they go to the ballet together that... That Marge gets to like ogle the ballet guy with yeah. her, and just like Marge doesn't get to be free like this, and yeah. just her—it's good acting on Julie Kavner's part mm. of giggling along, like "Ooh, I shouldn't laugh at this. It's a dirty joke about looking at his dick through his tights." <laughs> but like, it's the only like, way that makes ballet make sense. I don't mean to slam. It's really about women staring at, at beautiful bodies of men. Right? so boring, like almost all the time. Like I would rather watch street performers dance. What bothers me as a pro wrestling fan is when pro wrestlers say, hey, this ain't ballet, as but it say, is. you get hurt in this. It's just like, no, it is ballet. It is that's, literally ballet. That's, again, more gendered shit of just You're like... You're telling yeah. a story, but dance. Yeah, you are, man, you are performers in peak physical condition and... Ballet performers get hurt all the yes. fucking time, like, and it is a staged performance. Yep. Like, they, it is ballet, and it's it's a real ballet. disrespectful to ballet when you use that term. It's a ballet. <laughs> I, I, this has been an, among the many things we've adopted in Simpsons vernacular. Holding onto the can, yeah, oh, yeah. is absolutely one of them. Homer, this this is never <laughs> easy this. to say. I'm gonna have to saw your arms off. They'll grow back, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Homer, are you just holding on to the can? Your point being? <laughs> I fucking love him dejectedly walking out rubbing his arms. I, I love the joke. They're not going to anesthetize him in any way. They're just going to yeah. saw his arm off. They have to saw him off. That definitely made me gasp as a kid for yeah. sure. Like, oh my god, I got saw his arm And it's just, a, it's just like literally a table saw, not a surgical yeah. saw. And then they they need only they were about to saw his arms off just as they find like, oh, we're looking in here. You're holding the can. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Homer again. 
the stupidest he's ever been yeah. in this episode. I do love his fantasy about how the vending machines will make him more popular and he'll have like a function yeah, at weddings. He'll be restocked and he can yeah. command, command the food at will. And that Maggie, even as an adult getting married, has a pacifier yeah. to speak. And it's, mm. by the way, it's a little easy of a gay joke mm. to say that Smithers wishes there was more mincing. Yeah, I was, like, uh, I was watching this with my girlfriend. She's like, these jokes haven't aged very well, have yeah, they? These Smithers jokes. There's a few like that of just like, yeah, yeah. we get it. He's gay. He wants mincing. It's like he's gay, but we can't say it, and that's the joke. Uh, uh, but I, this is one of my favorite clips of the whole show. If you, in case you didn't listen to the Patreon episode, the season three wrap up, I gave Barney the MVP line, uh, the MVP of season three, and I can't do that for four. But this is he's back with great Barney, with great <laughs> Barney appearance. One of the best. Barney I names. envy you and Homer. Thank you. Why? <laughs> if you ever met my ex-husband, you'd understand. All he ever did was eat, sleep, and drink beer. Your point being? And to top yeah. it off, he's been stiffing me on child support for the last four months. Mm. Well, you were unlucky. But there are a lot of good men out there. Hey! Can I throw up in your bathroom? I'll buy something! <laughs> Ruth Powers' shudder <laughs> is so well animated. Yeah, the they just shudder. immediately cut. I believe that came they from Susie, Susie Dieter. Dieter. Yeah, yeah the, the one girl on the team, as as Bill O'Cleese said about the directors. <laughs> Who acted it out. <laughs> yeah, she... And, and uh, did you notice that I think it was intentional that Marge says your point being right after Homer mm. says it. I think that shows oh. that they, they're kind of taking from each other. Yeah. Or like, who says it and who got it from the other? But it was just a cute little thing. And yeah, that Barney Barney is that disgusting. <laughs> yeah, this this almost got line of the show. I like how Homer, Homer is hurt that Marge has a friend because he doesn't oh, really man. have the equivalent of Ruth. This, this note is the funniest to me. <laughs> yes. Marge? I know you didn't believe me about the vending machines. That's why I had the fireman write me a note. Mrs. Simpson, while we were rescuing your husband, a lumber yard burned down. Don't! Lumber has a million uses. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, but it turns out I had a wonderful time with Ruth Powers. Ooh. Ooh. Gonna get contentious. Homer, yes, again, so gets a little jealous. Weird. You can't go out on Saturday. That's our special night. What's so special about it? What the? Oh, I don't know. A little show <laughs> called Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Dr. Quinn, has anybody ever seen Dr. Quinn? Medicine uh, I avoided it, but I looked this up, and it apparently premiered January of 93. So as they were writing this, it was probably a new show. It was yeah. It was mad hyped. Yeah. It, just, it was also like aired on, it aired on Saturday. Mm. Which I didn't have a life at this point, but this is when we rented games and movies. Oh yeah, and yeah. So we didn't watch That's television. That, I Saturday. wouldn't watch that. A on Saturday. CBS period drama about the old West doctor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it was a big deal at the time of like Jane, Jane Seymour, Seymour yeah. who's not a mega star, but had been in films. Her doing a TV show back then of like. No, movie actors do movies, TV actors do TV. They were very rarely, you know, crossover. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like. Oh, you can't star in the biggest films ever anymore? Then star in a TV show. Yeah, you'll like, be on Netflix. You'll be Kiefer Sutherland. Like that. It's the Kiefer, it's the Kiefer route. It calls it basically the last successful Western on television. Wow. It's more successful true. than Briscoe County Jr. Uh, <laughs> or, or Deadwood or oh, AMC's God. Hell on Wheels? The answer oh, is yes. I love Deadwood yes, so will. much. And so Homer's jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. Well, it's both <laughs> it's both familiar to me and weird. It's it's familiar mm. in that that my dad was not a fan of my mom going out and doing mm-hmm. things without him either. Mm-hmm. But that was, it's really a control thing. And it's a bad look on Homer. It is. But it also 
the way Homer is jealous is honestly in kind of like a sexual way. Or he's like jealous that she's going on a date with someone yeah. who isn't him. Yeah, it's telling he goes to their makeout point or whatever when <laughs> yes. while her and Ruth are on their well, other and adventure. Mar- and Marge and Ruth go there separately, too. Oh, you're and right. So, yeah. And I think, too, I, I don't want to speak for any listeners out there, mm-hmm. if, of the eight women listeners out there who mm-hmm. I kid. I think the uh, appearance of Ruth on their date in her, like, jeans and leather mm-hmm. jacket and white shirt, like, that is a very, like, classically butch lesbian look. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like it was, but not in a joke way. Of, like, it, it was it was more sexual than, than jokey, I'd say. So I wonder if it was kind of like an awakening moment for some viewers, mm-hmm. uh, young ladies watching, or just like, Oh, well, I, I mean, like this. That, that Louise... would be insane if Ruth Powers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's fan art on the internet. The activation. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, Thelma and Louise had gay subtext to their mm-hmm. relationship, which is yeah. why they had to die. You can't have a positive <laughs> lesbian relationship in the 90s. They both have to die. Hey, she also cheated on her husband. Man. True, You can't true. live after that. And they kiss each other before they die. <laughs> yeah. So I remember yeah. in the Celluloid Closet, the documentary about gay films. It, the only problem with it now is like it's it's the history of gay films up to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. not everything <laughs> after. And so they talked to Susan Sarandon about who's, who's nude in that movie, <laughs> and they and they talked to Susan Sarandon about Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. and she thinks the kiss wasn't far enough, and mm-hmm. she's also just like, yeah, they kiss, they're about to die together, and she's like. She says, at the end of Butch and Sundance, those two should have, like, whipped their dicks out. <laughs> and they're about to die. Why not? Like, who cares? Exactly. I, I like them. You're about to die. Suck somebody's dick. <laughs> Please. And Homer's man's best That's, friend was a... Is that your final the no. the show? Okay. How can you do this, Marge? How can you desert your children? Have a blast, Mom. Rock the Casbah. Man's best friend, indeed. <laughs> so, so and dumb. then we have the uh, Tonight's All About and the, uh, the so, song switch up. Yes, mm-hmm. Sunshine, Lollipops, and Rainbows, a one-hit wonder by Leslie Gore in 1965. Mm-hmm. And then when she cuts to the other song, and it's like one of the most current songs that Simpsons yes. had ever used to that point. It was only a few years old, I think. 1987, yeah. oh, GNR classic. A bit older. Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle off of Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, Appetite for Destruction, then Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and that's it. You uh, kids out there will know it as the trailer music from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh, yes, right. exactly. GNR is as crazy and chunky as Axl Rose gets there. <laughs> also be great. But hey, he's coming out hard against Trump, so I'm pro-Axl <laughs> these days. Um, but, uh, oh, reappear- reappearance of Lionel Hutz as the baby. At his lowest this point. This is the greatest Lionel. I, awesome. This is my favorite Lionel ever. Mr. Simpson, I was just going through your garbage, and I couldn't help overhearing that you need a babysitter. Of course, being a highly skilled attorney, my fee is $175 an hour. We pay $8 for the night, and you can take two popsicles out of the freezer. Three. Two. Okay, two. And I get to keep this old birdcage. Done. <laughs> That's a great exchange. Yes. And I okay, think, too. I think they were running out of things for him to do in court, so they're exploring yeah. his life outside of court, which we learn is very bad. Very yeah. bad. This and isn't the YMCA. <laughs> though we skip over, uh, we skipped over a couple really funny things of Homer trying to call his friends, and that yeah. Lenny, like this Lenny, even isn't that sad that he's like shaving his girlfriend's legs or whatever. Yeah. Like shave up, stupid. Soon, soon enough. Well, not soon enough. Season nine. Yeah, you'll see the inside of Lenny's house. Like, please don't, don't tell them. <laughs> but live. but Burns with this like 
lying on his stomach on a on a rug with his legs up in the air like a teen date with a, a Valentine's Day box of candy. Yeah. Wait, then, who is this? And then Ned getting hung up on like lowly only. But he doesn't call Barney. No, yeah. well, because he knows where to find him. Yeah, I guess so. And he goes the there. Yeah. And then Homer, I like Homer's little green jacket that's mm-hmm. like a nice touch. And... The the card with Bart, I love that so much. Like, blast that Infernal card. The card yeah. says, do everything the opposite. And Homer's just smart enough to know goes, not no. to give him the card. Like, here you know. So, it's so great. Yeah, I should have got that. I think, that's, I think that's from Memento. I think that was the inspiration for Memento. But uh-huh. it, I mean, just in terms of behind the scenes of how I capture clips, it's sort of like funny moments that work well in audio. And yeah. for some reason, this episode had more than most. Oh, wow. Uh, I love the polite hick. Hey, baby. Feel like getting lucky? I am lucky. I have a husband and three wonderful children. Thank you very much. Listen, baby, I always get what I want. I said no. Oh, did you? Oh, I completely misunderstood. Please accept our apologies. <laughs> that's, that's the inverse of the Thelma and Louise scene, where I believe they blow up that guy's truck after he, he comes on way too strong in a very rapey I mean, they way. They murder him. Oh, they yes. murder him. They, okay. They, they murder him. In a few so. years. Uh, that, it's not, but, yeah. But, that, they blow up his truck? Uh, they blew up. They blew up the. Uh, for some reason, they end up passing the same semi on the highway oh, like eighteen I see. times. Okay. And that, it, that scene is so fucking outlandish and amazing. It looks incredible. Uh, incredible. Gotta watch this again. It, it, that joke takes Simpsons dangerously close to a very dark place, and yeah. then and then it walks away yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah because that's that's one of like it's not a rape sequence per se, but it's like it's uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable yeah. and to see that happening to marge you're yeah. just like Ooh, this is because next... again i just watched the movie and like okay they can't uh, they i know they don't do this right, but right. you can't even walk up that close to the line and, and this character on the show is based on david merkin in appearance not yes. the guy who talked the guy behind yeah. him is drawn and like yes that. he really does look like that he's a bald guy with long hair and a big bushy mustache yeah it's uh and I, this was the first time ever I noticed that the place they went to shot kickers. Yeah, right? I had oh, that written down to be my oh, name. Out. Yeah, I, <laughs> that is the joke, I guess, where it's not what you think it's going to be called. It's definitely shit kickers. Well, yeah. it's them getting away with doing the joke of shit kickers. Yeah. But then Marge says, I, "Oh, I've never been to shot kickers." They they literally conjured the word shit in everybody's head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What saying with the word shit does. Well, that they could just blank so it out with something that could easily have the space of an eye. I'm surprised those. I mean, that's a very murky thing of yeah. we got away with it we got away with it i need to listen to this again because people were calling us out on uh apparently we were wrong about what was the music theme we thought was the cape fear theme yeah oh. like did they get the la law theme hmm. oh sure like lawyers work in big skyscrapers and have secretaries <laughs> look at him he's wearing a belt that's hollywood for you it, it sounds like the sounds like it is it. I think, why? Why don't we look it up? There's All not right. enough of it to really know, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a sound alike that just grabs a, just enough. But oh, by the way, L.A. Law would be off in 1993. Like, oh. it, it, it was its final oh, it was season. Done? It, this aired during the final mm-hmm. season of L.A. Law, so it still worked, but it makes it feel so dated. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, they're watching Night Court on TV. Yeah, what in, in prime time? I, um, LA Law is it's like one of the last times I like tried to avoid live action shows. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. the era when LA Law was on. It almost made a star at a Cormac Brunson. Um, <laughs> almost. Hey, he was. He had a star turn in the major league films. So he, I, I should have looked up more about LA Law. I mean, it's not I'm mostly familiar with this through the Animaniacs parody, where they do <laughs> extremely photo, like not photorealistic, but extremely good caricatures of the LA Law cast, animated by TMS, the greatest Japanese animators of all time. It just says like, "Oh, you spend so much money on this, and I have no idea what you're referencing." <laughs>
Simpsons. We'll be right back. Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening to stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in head Phones. Audible's got all your, your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. So once again, that's Audible, people, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. Are you already tired of 2017? Jump into the past with 302010, a weekly look back at what happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Here's something you may remember from 1987. Over the top with Sly Stallone, Golan and Globus. Yes. But it is directed by Golan. Wow. And if you've seen the movie, the documentary Electric Boogaloo, like they were making a bunch of theatrical garbage, and this was their stab at... <laughs> Triple A garbage. <laughs> I think Stallone it's... got a huge payday. Biggest thing I'm bummed wow. out of. This is a movie about underground arm wrestling, yeah. <laughs> and called over the top. Even though Stallone has a movie called Fist, it's unfair. <laughs> that you don't make a been this fist movie. when you're arm wrestling. You grab arms. You go over the top, baby. The plot here: he wants to have custody of his son, yes. and he is a truck driver who is also semi-pro arm wrestler. He's, uh, he's is a strange son. He has. I think yet, he it, runs it, away. The mom is sick, the mom is sick. and he's he's a stuffy military academy guy. He has to hang out with his truck driving dad in the underground world of over the top arm wrestling. The big arm wrestling championship, and it's double elimination, mm. which means both arms. <laughs> that would both be arms. so great if he did both arms at the same time. Wow! Oh my god! If that's not a sport, yeah. he's he arm wrestling four people at once. A giant Ouroboros <laughs> of arm wrestling in a circle. <laughs> How do I know who's winning? They but call him Vishnu. <laughs> <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look back at what happened in music, movies, TV, and games every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network. And then when Homer goes to Moe's, Moe's has never looked worse. Never. Where everybody knows your name. (laughs) They're just like silent and... Homer even wants to play a game. He's like, people drink more when they play, when they people drink less when they're having fun. Yeah, we phased out dots. Like, oh, so depressing. And then, meanwhile, did you guys thinking speaking of music when they went to the rave club? Mm-hmm. I swear that sounded like the Mortal Kombat theme. I mean, there's a lot of rave songs that sound like I mean, that from the yes, early nineties. Right. Yeah. Do you think your hair is a bit much? Hey, Mrs. Simpson. You should try one of these smart drinks. <laughs> oh, wow. i wasted my life. This is the most dated joke I've ever oh, heard about drinks. a fad that doesn't barely exist. I mean, you're supposed to have that instead of alcohol while you're tripping or rolling or whatever mm-hmm. to replenish your body with vitamins and liquids Glad and you know whatnot. Um, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, but it was around this time. You want to go robo-tripping together? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. ecstasy and robotussing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Both? 
Yeah, well, I think it was around this time uh, people were just starting to find out about raves, and like 2020 yeah. was like your kids could be raving. Mm-hmm. What happens at raves? They don't have illicit sex. Yeah, this is bad things that can happen to white children. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was told my white children were safe, and that yeah, the smart drinks were the cool thing. I think it's I've uh, never heard of this. I, I had heard of them too. It I looked up it now. They were big in the early 90s, but they were just another way of selling new tropics. Which, yeah, new tropics, which mm. are now how they're trying. They're being sold through Gorilla Mind pills. Which don't take <laughs> gorilla minds. Yes, but smart Jesus drinks were, Christ. were bars that would serve non-alcoholic beverages mm-hmm. with vitamins and other purported minerals or things that like no alcohol in it, but would enhance your intelligence. Seemingly, they were just smart drugs. Otherwise, known as think drinks. Yeah. And I looked up. I tried to look up everything I could on this because this is a very short-lived fad. This article, and I only recommend it to you guys. It's. From Discover Magazine, it's very it's it just reminds you how 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 far editorialization has come because this woman has no fucking respect for my time. It does not get to the point about this at all. But it all all of it takes place at DNA Lounge, which again this is the oh, it's like reference for three people. Here. It's like yeah. two blocks from here. That's where it all takes place. I see. Which is now uh, one of the only bars I've ever heard of with a, with a Patreon. Wow. To stay yeah, open. they need it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Homer goes for a search of something that mm. uh, he still can't find stuff. Mm. I like that Bleeding Gums Murphy is on the cover of Jet. And Homer's yes. very excited to <laughs> read scared Morris's birthday. Yes. Ooh. Jet. Woohoo! It's Garrett Morris's birthday! <laughs> <laughs> he gets kicked out of the Quickie Mart and the yes. library. As as a suburban white kid, this was my introduction to Jet Magazine. I was never it? heard of it There's Jet and Ebony, right? It's yeah, like yeah. the male and female versions of that. Yeah, I just, there were advertisements on TV for them all the time as when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I never saw yeah. them. I, I was a very sheltered white child. Yeah. I know. But, it was, but Homer getting that excited for Jet Magazine, which is an mm. African-American culture-focused magazine. So the joke is, why would Homer breathe? That is a white man. He's but. so excited about Garrett Morris's birthday. <laughs> Woo! Me too. No. Garrett Morris He's rules. a treasure. Uh, this is I'm giving line of the show for reasons. Okay. I will oh, sure. Yeah. That's the joke. What was it you wanted to show me? This. <gasps> You're not going to hunt me for sport, are you? Great line. Oh, relax, Marge. <laughs> I'd never turn a gun on a human being. My husband, on the other hand. Come on, you try it. No, I couldn't. Yeah, just breathe slowly and squeeze the... I hit it! I hit it! My kids! <laughs> my precious antique kids! Oh, look what you've done to him. It's uh, Dan, Dan Castellanos, Walter Brennan. We, we heard him before. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't get far with old Chomper. You face a galloping horse. <laughs> so Robin Williams is doing an Aladdin, Walter Brennan. Holy shit. I whenever uh. you see a clip of him, like, that was a real person? Yeah. Who talked <laughs> like really that? really talked like that. sang songs? <laughs> it is so specific. It has to be an imitation of someone, you know? I, 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 I think I say that line. I said that line twice this week hmm. before okay. I watched this episode. No, it was just like... <laughs> Oh my, pre- like just oh my precious switch! Look you've done it. <laughs> I think um, Al Jean said that Dan Castellaneta was known for his like wide range of impressions, mm-hmm. including Eld- Edward Albee, the playwright. That's like right, he would do yeah. so many weird impressions, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why they chose him to do voices on The Simpsons. Like, well, just use him; he does these great voices. It's perfect. It's funny that he's become a ge- one of the best voice actors of his generation. When at first he was just like. I'm a sketch performer. I'm yeah. from Second City, and I'll just do sketches with Tracy Ullman. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll pull you in, and I'll talk like this. <laughs> but his problem is that he's a bald man, so he'll only be a character actor. Uh, he's poor a scrawny Dan. bald man. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal for him, then. Uh, 
when when they go up to like the makeout point, the Springfield Hollywood sign. I love that Homer gets so boned up by smashing a weather station. Yeah, but he got it's real all worked hair. up. It reminds me of the few times I was able to successfully hook up with a woman in in, in, in high school. It, it always followed like mailbox baseball and like let me put my hand down your pants it's, and like just immediate turn of like I'll primal so pubescence. With this. It's the two modes of the teenage it, male, really. That's what it just felt like, like to violence me. and sex. Like how did I? How did I do? How did I break into a church and then finger somebody? Like, like, <laughs> like how, the how police don't want to know, like, Chris. Right. <laughs> uh, but okay, that's uh, is this the f- debut of the uh, Springfield sign? I think so. Yes. Okay, I wasn't Homer sure. Homer and I used to come up here on dates. <laughs> Homer, stop that! It's just a weather station. <laughs> come on, Marge. It's fun to smash things. <laughs> I smashed it good. <laughs> you got real pretty hair. It does, it does turn on a dime, just like violence. I, like, uh, yeah, I feel like I can just remember me being like this in uh, a <laughs> couple I, instances. I like those designs. Are them right before Bart is born? Yeah, too. yeah. It's, it's a good, good pull of the old designs, and then. Runs into Wiggum, which again, as stupid as Homer is this episode, Wiggum is actually stupid. Oh, I love them teamed up. It's yeah, great. So they're great. such a great pair. Yeah. The, so Wiggum had sex with a male blow-up doll? Yeah, make sure is it's a woman, though, because, because uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, also first, making illegal moonshine. We have a first yes. appearance. Um, it's the first appearance of Miguel Sanchez. Oh. Mr. Hutz, why are you burning all your personal papers? As of this moment, Lionel Hutz no longer exists. Say hello to Miguel Sanchez. Uh, this is a dumb story, but if my buddy uh, Melendez is listening, uh, I just saw this episode in syndication, and he got a dog, and he's Hispanic, and I'm mm. like, you should name your dog Sanchez. And I'm like, I'm not naming my fucking dog Sanchez. That's, that's, that's shut up. Shut the it fuck up. It sounds like a dirty Sanchez joke. And he brought yeah. it, because that's what I thought it was. Uh-huh. And it was just because I just heard Lionel Hutt say that. Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> and and uh, he passingly mentioned it to his father. Luis and he's like, yeah, the dog's being called Sanchez. <laughs> so for sixteen, that's the only re- Simpsons reference that resulted in a sixteen-year wow, <laughs> name of a wow. dog. And there's another dog named Sanchez, and it, and it, I did it, and it wow. all came from Lionel oh. Hutz right here. So Beautiful. is Miguel Sanchez sort of the Mexican take on John Doe? It's just I like two so. very common it, names. Well, it's funny that he's. A lot of Simpsons jokes go back to we're going to run away to Mexico. Yeah. That's their out for most people. Like, well, I screwed up my life. Time to run to Mexico. Yeah, we saw uh, Willie and Skinner propose that. (laughs) And uh, Krusty takes him there. Yeah. But I... Now when I hear Miguel Sanchez, I think of Anthony Weiner's Carlos Danger and his oh. fake name. Oh, like Carlos that. Danger. Yeah, Jesus so, Christ. Look, Anthony Weiner. I've heard the joke before of like, if the Clintons actually secretly murdered people, Anthony Weiner would have died a decade ago. Like, he'd be <laughs> yeah. fucking dead. Like, that guy's the worst. Strangled by his own boner. <laughs> <laughs> Homer gets picked up by Wiggum. Hmm. They start driving and see the car. And it's uh, uh, oh, it, a beautiful scene. We're in pursuit of two female suspects. One is wearing a green dress, pearls, and has a lot of blue hair. A lot of blue hair? <laughs> what a freak. Ah! It's Marge! She's become a crazed criminal just because I didn't take her to the ballet. That's exactly how Dillinger got started. Uh, really? Great. I don't want to be a wet blanket, but maybe you should give yourself up. Marge, it's a matter of principle. I just can't let that deadbeat win again. You're with me, aren't you? I should say something reassuring and non-committal. Mm. <laughs> Look, Marge, there's no reason for you to get dragged into this. 
Once we lose the cops, I'll let you out. Well, I don't think they're gonna be that easy to lose. I mean, these are professional lawmen and... Oh my god, it just disappeared! It's a ghost car! Uh -oh. There are ghost cars all over these highways, you know. Hold me. Only if you hold me. God, they're so stupid. So Wiggum wanted to pull them over because one taillight was smaller than the other. It looks smaller, <laughs> than, looks the smaller other, than the other. Yeah. And um, previously, Ruth Power says she wants to get home before that naked talk show comes on. Mm. That was a real thing. It originated in Seattle. It's called the Robin Bird Robin Show, Bird. Uh, 1977 to today, yeah. and it was popular wow. enough. Public access. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was popular enough for SNL to do a sketch on it in 1997. Sherry O'Terry played Terry. Robin Bird, yeah. and this is real. Like I, I didn't. I, I knew it had to come from somewhere, but that's mm -hmm. it. I meant to look. I meant to get confirmation of that because I know for. I had Triumph the Insult Dogs album, and he just has a line like, fuck anybody who has shit to say about Robin Bird. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I only knew her from the Sherry O'Terry sketch, because obviously they weren't airing that shit in Florida. And now there are several naked shows, like Naked Dating, and I'm sure, yeah. Oh, that's right. Or Dating Naked, I forget what dating it is. Dating Naked. I yeah. remember there was a... Uh, <laughs> they accidentally failed to censor one woman, like, in, in this one shot of, like, it was naked wrestling, and... It was almost like they chose the the most humiliating yes. thing. Like, boy, your your taint has never looked yeah. uglier oh, than oh in this gosh. one second of rolling around with this guy. Like presenting full beef on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just everything. Yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, it was every. It was everything. I was disgusted. I, I can't. I took offense. And, um, and, but oh, I, I did love that Wiggum loves. He played Sunshine Lollipops and loved did. it. Yeah, loved that, that was a great. Home. How the both acts end with the same song, but it's a different take. Yeah. And, yes. and Sunshine Lollipops and Rainbow is everything that's wonderful. Is what I feel when we're together, brighter than a lucky. Homer is sad in the back seat, and then he's like, he gets into it. He's like, yeah, fun song, song, man. <laughs> I feel happy just playing that. And that's what that's his chase music again, because Wiggum is that stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's like they're they're uh, having they're Wiggum. just being fucking morons. Whereas mm -hmm. Marge is having like pivotal moments. She wants to walk away from the situation, stay out of trouble. And they, I love the, I love the yes, this, this, yeah. the. The coffee house scene. At the Seething Sisters the Diner. Seething Sisters. This cross-country flight from the law would be hell if we didn't stick together. Hey, friends stick together. It's amazing how through all this adversity we manage to stick together. If there's one thing decent folk do, it's stick together. I hate it when the waffles stick together. Sticking together is what good waffles do. <laughs> Sticking together is what good waffles Love do. Harry's take there. Yeah. Oh, man. And whenever I eat a waffle, I think of that line and I say it out loud to my, my weary girlfriends. Before you eat every waffle, yeah. you say that line. I, uh, and I got to give it to the animators for really good amount of variations on the, yes. on the Thelma and Louise design. They there did are, three different ones. There are several Thelma and Louises. Yes. Uh, but having all heart to hearts. Yeah. Distinct from each other. All these non lesbians hanging out on their run from the law. And then Kearney, see you later, loser. <laughs> That's great. I love that. It's like, and, But when the guy comes out and says, hey, you kid, that was exactly like the hey, you kid guy. Oh, had, uh, uh, flower. Candy Mo. The, the candy Mo yeah. Dandy. Mr. Candy, Dandy. Yeah, Mr. Dandy. Hey, you kid. Hey, you kid. You kid. Hey. It was, I think they, it felt intentional. It was so similar to from the Telltale Head. Yeah. Mm. I, I, Which you can only hear on Patreon.com. Hey, yeah, the, the running gag of Wiggum, because we have some friends in Police Dispatch, and I love the running gag of Wiggum being terrible 
at <laughs> calling an AP. Oh, yeah. Dispatch, this is Chief Wiggum back in pursuit of the rebelling women. All right, your current location? Oh, uh, I'm uh, I'm on a road. Uh, looks to be asphalt. Huh. Um, oh, jeez, trees, shrubs. Uh, I'm directly under the earth, sun. Mm, now, suspect is hatless. I repeat, hatless. <laughs> and the uh, also when they're cooking the eggs on the thing, he's like, if we can keep these down, we'll be sitting pretty. Like, Why do you have to eat these? Just stop at a diner. Where Why did the you, eggs come from? Why are you carrying unrefrigerated eggs? It's all. I mean, you know, hey, pasteurization is a big lie. You can unrefrigerate eggs. Uh-huh. I, I can't. This this Kent Brockman joke. I love this. Has yeah. so much new meaning now that we're in like oh. a different age of the yep. internet and we speak publicly. This and... would be a legitimate editorial on some cable stations. Yeah. Yes. Have been identified as Ruth Powers and Marge Simpson of Springfield. <gasps> Cool. I always knew someday Mom would violently rise up and cast off the shackles of our male oppressors. Eh, shut your yap. At the risk of editorializing, these women are guilty. Must be dealt with in a harsh and brutal fashion. Otherwise, their behavior could incite other women, leading to anarchy of biblical proportions. It's in Revelations, people! The, the idea that they ever. have they have that standby screen ready. It's one of my favorite still images of the Simpsons. We get one of our many technical difficulty yes. screens. <laughs> and, and when they pause for a beat, it cuts to Bart and Lisa like he's looking at them through the TV. Yeah. But he can't be actually reacting to them. But that's a that's another American thing, too, that the TV just talks to you. And yeah. Kim Brockman is speaking to the Simpsons in that room. And yeah, that, that but that is just TV now. It yeah. is that, that's that was just out like that was relaxed if that was Alex Jones. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who is giving tips to our president. Ugh. Sandy Hook was a false flag. <laughs> what am I doing anyway? There's a here's the Thelma and Louise moment. They drive towards the chasm, and again, never heard of the Simpson Springfield's Grand Chasm. Yeah. Why didn't they use the Springfield then? Gorge? It existed. Yeah, they, they I, made, they I did. think Merkin didn't know about yeah. that history. There, they I made just, a new gorge. I just well, they've been driving for almost two days. I so guess I just it, assumed they weren't there. I guess they're crossing state lines, so it wouldn't be yeah, the Springfield I, that's Gorge. That's true. They yeah. must have already passed Capital City. Oh. Fourth Street and D. And again, if, if all you watch, and I think Thelma and Louise is on Amazon Prime right now, is the, is the ending. It is so beautiful. It's also one of the Wayne's World endings. Yes, it is. Oh yes. my God. The Thelma and Louise ending. Wayne's World 2, right? Not the. Wayne's I thought it was one. Wayne's World oh, 1. And, and I, like the, okay. I like the, I don't know, not wish fulfillment, but like. When Marge went away to Rancho Relaxo, you're right. That was yes. that was always yeah, I never seen right. Thumb on Louise. So whenever I someone said, it, I'm like, okay, Louise, that's yeah, the, okay, Thumb, okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was two seasons ago, yeah. and they're finally doing their full scale Thumb on Louise parody. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but here's the ca- I love the chasm uh, confrontation. We really are gonna make it now. Oh no, they're headed right for the Grand Chasm. Oh my God. They're going to drive right into it just to teach us men a lesson. And it's all my fault. Marge. Marge. Homer? Look, Marge, I'm sorry I haven't been a better husband. I'm sorry about the time I tried to make gravy in the bathtub. I'm sorry I used your wedding dress to wax the car. And I'm sorry, oh well, let's just say I'm sorry for the whole marriage up to this point. You're right. I am lucky to have him. But please, Marge, don't drive into that chasm. 
They didn't see the chasm. Yeah, I mean, the joke is that Thelma and Louise were going to kill themselves on purpose, and yeah. uh, they what? didn't know they were headed towards a chasm. I knew the ending of the film, but it's still, like, for a mainstream Hollywood movie, so pretty bizarre. It like, really the, is, the, yeah. Both characters ending. punch their own ticket, and yeah. there's no resolution. But and they, the, uh, oh, sorry, go What happened to Michael Madsen? Did he ever find anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was right. It was Wayne's World 2 at the Thelma and Louise ending. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Wayne's World 1 was... Scooby-Doo. A sad ending, Scooby-Doo ending. My God. Happy ending. Yeah. Like, yeah that, so Thelma and Louise was the next one. I didn't have the budget in, in Wayne's World 1 to do a That's Thelma and Louise ending. And uh, I love the garbage sequence. Yeah. Ha! And to think, those idiot environmentalists <laughs> were protesting this landfill. Solid waste. I could kiss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I think this was pizza. Oh, we're so close to pizza. Oh, God, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, so when Wiggum and Homer go over the cliff, uh, it freezes and it fades to white, just like in Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Is, that, is that the movie ends conclusively? Yes. Just it's that and it's over? Yeah, yep. you don't okay. see the car land. You yeah. just see it fly over the cliff. I wasn't sure if there was a scene of men no, it, like it, shaking their heads. To be something. honest, like the, the car, the car don't dips look? to the right in kind of the same way okay. as, as it does in the film. Yeah. And and then, of course, Wiggum's car screams right past it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. And, yeah, the... the yeah, good job, the, Mark Kirkland. The idea that they were saved by by disgusting waste. Yeah. In, in a land... Like, a ca- a beautiful chasm being turned into a landfill saves their lives. That feels very murkin That yes. that pollution saved them. <laughs> and, and how do we go into the next reference? Because it's well, such... If you don't know this, this is such a long joke. you got to play that death jingle, Chris, because this man is dead. That's right. 20 years ago, he died. Death stalks you at every turn! So this is George Fenneman, who was the narrator on Dragnet. If you look him up, he had a long and storied yeah. career over his over TV and radio and everything else. But he's the guy who says the story about the sea is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. That's what you hear when Dragnet starts. So if you don't know what Dragnet was, it, it was it oh was yeah, Dragnet. An early, it was an early police procedural mm-hmm. in the fifties first, and starring Jack. Dude, Webb. it was on radio. It started on radio. Oh, sorry, and George radio Fenneman came it's from radio. It's one of the few shows TV. to have success in. Both of those mediums. And speaking of Duckman, Corn Fed is based on Jack Webb. Yeah, that's the right. show. Yeah, so, just the facts, man. And Jack Webb was the most like boring, straight laced mm-hmm. man there ever was. In the fifties. He was pure fifties, and so. On the '50s show, it was a it was a more simple show, especially for the time. I remember seeing it as an example of just having the one shot of a guy's face and the other mm-hmm. guy's face is because TV screens were eight inches and yeah. they could only really show faces. And then in the '60s, in the late '60s, early '70s, Jack Webb's like. We gotta set these hippies straight yeah. and make a show for now and of new dragons. Those episodes are fucking hilarious. And Rob Reiner plays a hippie on one of yeah. those, right? Yeah. I, I remember Boy Blue. That was uh one of my all time favorite bad so bad it's good. It's, it's, and so that's when I saw Dragnet was in the reruns on Nicky Knight yeah. that were of the seventies one that were made to make or sixties one made to make fun of Dragnet. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's so bad, it's good, it's Dragnet, it's so yeah. funny. But just it, it, it was a popular radio show. It has a popular black and white version. It has a popular color version. It has a rap with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. Chris, movie. you are including that in your upcoming episode, are oh, you? Oh, yes. Okay, uh, thank yes. God. But it's, it's out by now. Laser time. Yes. To worst raps ever. Do you want to hear Tom Hanks rap? I do. Yeah. It's exactly well, how you think it would sound. City of crime. We got to stop those pagans from rhyming. <laughs> but, but just like, I, I, I'm, I'm only bummed out that 
Seeing because I know Dragnet pretty okay. I haven't seen a ton of episodes or anything, but there's still mm-hmm. clips still emerge online because occasionally, like Joe Par- Joe Friday and his partner will just give the business to hippies. You think you're the first one to have problems, son? Yeah, uh, and I mean the Dragnet characters would appear in uh, Mother Simpson yes. to help with the investigation, like just Obviously, right out Jack of the show. Webb was dead. Yeah, but it's, it's a cultural touchstone that's stretched across mediums and generations, mm-hmm. and I feel like there hasn't. I know they tried to remake Dragnet again. I don't yes. really see how you do that. But it was funny. They actually had one. I remember seeing a clip of it recently pulled up because of how timely it is now. Just like, hey, freedom of speech does mean you can say anything you want. But you need to really think about that. You need that. to deal with the consequences of that, son. And, and think about the freedom, the people who gave their lives to give you that freedom to do that. Yeah. Think about that. But, yeah, George Fenneman, they got him to do it. I, I Let's hear that ending. Yeah. I wanna... Ruth Powers was tried in Springfield Superior Court. The judge dismissed her ex-husband's auto theft charges and forced him to pay all back child support. That would have never happened. Mr. Powers blamed the outcome on his lawyer, one Lionel Hutz. (laughs) Lionel Hutz, a.k.a. Miguel Sanchez, (laughs) a.k.a. Dr. Nguyen Van Thok, was paid $8 for his 32 hours of babysitting. He was glad to get it. Marge Simpson was charged with a violation of Penal Code Section 618A, wanton destruction of precious antique cans. She was ordered to pay 50 cents to replace the cans and $2,000 in punitive damages and mental anguish. Homer Simpson was remanded to the custody of the United States Army Neurochemical Research Center at Fort Meade, Maryland for extensive testing. Homer can hear him. The Simpsons are going to Fort Meade. The, even that jingle yeah. is like, I instantly understand what that is. And uh, you, it's, it's about Tums, right? They're selling Tums. <laughs> oh my God, Bob. Tums, Forgot about Tums, that. Tums. Yeah. Marge smoking is even like, that's what the ex-cons would do in the lineup. Because yeah. they yeah. would show each person in that sentencing. It also just so you knew... Crime doesn't pay. Like, yeah. That was the message of it. So I, I forgot to, that I, uh, Lionel Hutz was Ruth's husband's lawyer, which is why she got failed. justice. So yeah. that's the only way a, a woman would get justice like that. I tried. I, I know the writers had to have been big Dragnet fans. Oh, yeah. This is a huge deal for them. But again, it's a two-minute parody that, like, <laughs> I don't think reads now mm-hmm. at all. But, but the, I tried to, my best to find George Fennerman specifically because Dragnet mm-hmm. had numerous announcers. Oh yeah, um, yeah. but it, it, this, if it, if this is correct, this is a much younger version of him. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> oh god, the cops are here! And I think that's why the show's sort of beloved because it's so fucking earnest and mm-hmm. sincere all the time. It's right in your face, and if you, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it also works if like you. You're somebody who likes seeing cops beat up hippies, and yeah. if you're somebody who would identify with the hippies and are laughing mm-hmm. at this show made to make you feel guilty about hippies, so that was from the black and white original. Yeah, version. I mean that the, show was for all the uh, the war veteran dads with a haircut. You could set your watch to. <laughs> <laughs> and I found a great clip oh. of the. It's amazing. This is just an amazing video to me. It is every ending to Dragnet, <laughs> but just the audio, none oh. of the video of it. So you can listen to 40 minutes to hear the every outcome of a Dragnet episode. But here's a little taste. The suspect was found guilty on four That's counts him. of bank robbery. Bank robbery is a federal offense which is punishable by imprisonment for not more than 25 years so on don't each do count. It. That was George Fenneman. That, and again, that's, that's forty-seven him. minutes long, and just a, against a black screen. Bank robbery just, is a crime. Has more views than anything on our YouTube channel. <laughs> 
Uh, that was it. That was a fun ending the episode. I, when I, in my memory, I thought of it as more of a direct uh, Thelma and Louise parody, mm-hmm. but it's really like seven, it, like it, four minutes. And almost really. everything, all my recollections of The Simpsons, it's never really a direct parody. I think unless it's Cape Fear. Unless it's Cape Fear. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's why that was that's so the shocking. That's closest. I mean, there would be the Mad, 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 Mad World parody, but again, it's but just, just, just sort of ending. half that. It's yeah. the ending. It's not that until until he said, like I buried third that, it. yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, in later seasons, you would get the one that was like the Debarted, which just has uh, the Departed, barf. a very lengthy one. And 24 minutes, the yep. 24, yeah, who cares? Mm. <laughs> Boo. Uh, but this, this was a really fun episode that I like that Marge... Marge got to do stuff in an episode not written by David M. Stern. Yeah, we'll see yeah. a lot more of Marge, uh, the exploration of Marge, I think, with mm-hmm. Merkin and Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, I think. I think they do a little more with her. Yeah, I do wish Marge and Ruth had kissed, though. That yeah. Was, I, was, I was looking forward to that. And I that's what I love when Homer sees the two of them together and goes like, mm, young love. Like, <laughs> that's, well, does Homer know they're two women? Or does they're, he... <laughs> they're, they're gay married in my headcanon. So, uh, this lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit. <laughs> so Homer knows how to identify. Her? Lesbian. Yes. <laughs> that was Talking Simpsons. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for fandom.com every goddamn day about video games. Kids love those damn video games. And I write for somethingawful.com every other Thursday. A new comedy article. Go to somethingawful.com. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming Woo. podcast every Monday at retronauts.com or search for Retronauts in your podcast machine. The best episode to get into if you're a fan of Talking Simpsons is our Bart versus the Space Mutants episode. It is just like an episode of this, but we're making fun of something bad instead of treasuring something good. <laughs> so please listen to that. Just or look for it on Retronauts. Christmas special oh, that's too. good that's too. Yeah, look for one. me uh, on an upcoming episode where I show up late and terrible. <laughs> yes, uh, Breath of the Wild will poison us all. But uh, that's been me. Who else wants to talk? H e n e r e y g on Twitter. That's where you'll find me, Henry Gilbert, and you can also find my work on Fandom.com, just the same as Bob's. And I'd also like to let you know that I'm still. Uh, part of the laser time family and that is supported on patreon.com slash laser time this show wouldn't be possible without it five dollars a month or more Mm -hmm. will get you access to hundreds of hours of classic content from the goonie gang Mm -hmm. and that includes the entire first season exclusively of talking simpsons Mm -hmm. as well as our patreon exclusive seasons two three and four wrap up so if you love talking simpsons you will find great content there on patreon as well as tons of great other stuff including exclusive videos commentaries the week bonus time show you hear clips of bonus time every episode pretty yeah. much I always put it in there and it's so great give it a listen guys I, and I believe at this point on Patreon you will have access to a live commentary video commentary sunk in everything of the first episode of Power Rangers in honor of the new movie oh, and revisiting uh, that that was hilarious is that the pig episode right uh, the, no that's uh, that's the one I remember the most I remember watching that one first but I guess that's not the first one they sort What's of fight Goldar oh, Goldar okay, alright nice <laughs> It was Excellent. a ton of fun to revisit that show, and I only need to do it in one episode once. Ah, maybe the Green Rangers. <laughs> the Green Rangers saga is a great five-part yeah. thing of a children's cartoon. If you yes. like these dumb podcasts, you might like Laser Time. Laser Time yeah. uh, is, is topic-based, and recent episodes include uh, something with, with 
King, in honor of King Kong, I think we're gonna try. We've tried to measure every movie monster and see who's the tallest, uh, as well as the worst raps in history. Where you will hear Tom Hanks um, and Thank Bart Simpson rapped, rapped together Excellent. in the worst duet of all time. Because I'm gonna have to put it together myself. Uh, but that in 302010, if you like the beginning oh news gosh, segment, yeah. uh, then it's a show sort of like what happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago in history. There we talk lightly about a couple of Simpsons episodes because we just met Cecil. Uh, we just we met Hank Scorpio. Uh, oh, Chris, really? Year. Oh, Chris. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it's awesome. We just met uh, John Waters' character uh, twenty years ago. My goodness, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts what's happening with The Simpsons twenty years ago, and I, I guess we'll get there eventually. Soon enough. Yes. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Bart's inner child. See you then. Love it. Sunshine.